hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. running out of enthusiasm for doing um, this bit um the bride of frankenstein is here and she's here to tell us about (laughs) me too (laughs) hello (laughs) me too is canceled (laughs) Uh, it's good to hear divergent voices in the movement (laughs) (laughs) your entire reference for this bit is the like the monster mash yeah song. <laughs> the monster mash. They, they, all the monsters are in it what other one would you need they should make a new song that is actually the monster mash because the monster mash is just about the mo- song right that's true yeah it's a song about how they all listen the to the monster yeah, mash they went nuts and stuff i've heard comedy bang bang before <laughs> is that on comedy they do bang a cover bang? of the monster mash every year on comedy bang bang where a guy goes on and does the monster fuck and all the monsters fuck each other, and he tricks Scott into doing it every year. It's really funny. <laughs> Super Mash Bros. <laughs> they do the fuck. <laughs> they do the monster fuck. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jake Flores. That's Alex Patak. Hi. Other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's Raga Meta. Hey, I'm Raghav. Uh, we're back. The show's back. Um, 2019. <laughs> 2019. Mm, it is 2019, is it? I lost track. I thought it was 2020 for a second. I'm Everyone wearing mind. pants with pockets. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jinkos are on the r- way back. Uh, fucking low-rise low jeans. Low-rise jeans. I'm glad we're starting the podcast here because I threw this idea out as like a half a joke, but uh, I've never paid attention to pants before. And we're all talking about it. Wait, is this a real thing? Is like aughts clothing coming back? Yes. Okay. Yes, Jake. I just did champagne I've seen sharks. real women. Talking about their fear of low-rise jeans coming back, how will uh, will affect high-waisted homes, <laughs> high-waisted families. I I just did champagne sharks with tea, and we kind of got stuck on the aughts, and I think it's been kind of in his brain a lot lately since we started talking about this. Cause I seen him tweeting about it and shit. And uh, you guys talk about all that. No, all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but all that adjacent things, but like. If uh, it the aughts are so recent that they f- they don't feel like a cohesive gelled past memory yet, but yes. if you look at like shit from the early aughts, like low rise jeans and like the beanies that everyone is wearing and the weird puka the shell color necklaces palette. and stuff, it's maybe the one of the worst decades. Like it, the, the clothing does not look cool. It's like getting shot in the face with like colors and styles. It's real. People bad. are still wearing track suits a lot. Yeah, track. Yeah. Yeah. Track is if you're doing track, you're running away from your problems. There was like pictures Literally. of Eminem, like when he was just wearing huge, baggy, like designer sweats and he was shit. He's the only one who could pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um. 
I want this to become the fashion show because I feel like between the three of us, <laughs> we got nothing. <laughs> yeah. I like hoodies. I think it's cool when the hood's up. It looks that, like you're hiding something. That or you were like emo goth. Yeah. And you had skinny jeans or girl jeans. That's like kind of at the near the end of the aughts before the hipster thing. They were like scene kids. Oh, that scene. was like that was like oh five for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had uh, I never bought uh, like woman a woman jeans. Student for fashion, but I had friends who did, and they would skateboard with them, and I'd be like, "Isn't that hard?" And they're like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> did you call them woman jeans? <laughs> Well, girl jeans, female jeans, whatever. <laughs> female jeans. <laughs> Everybody I know called them girl jeans. Yeah, whatever. Wow. I think I called it all three. You think? It's very respectful of you. I like yeah, That's what I'm here jeans. for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, literally female jeans. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but uh, I think it is come back. I'm pretty convinced that style moves in 20s. And if you look at the, the fashion from the 70s to the 90s and the 90s, 2010s, you see it. And there is no escaping. All that has happened before will happen again. That's Such terrifying. is the fate of man. Yeah. First uh, is tragedy, then is farce, then as uh, low rider jeans. They're back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think they're low rise jeans. Is what you're trying to say? Wait, who's the rider then? Low rider is a song. Low rider is a Ghost type rider? of. It's a type of car. Ghost rider came out around then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, low rider is a type of. Oh, Ghost something rider. I hope comes back. Ghost riding the whip. Ghost. Who's doing it? Who's not? <laughs> Ghosts. <laughs> Ghosts. They're usually the only ones riding the whip. Have you guys ever done it? Ghost Rider jeans is when you're not wearing pants in public. My man. And you're holding your <laughs> pants right next to you and your dick is out. And you're like, yeah, you're lassoing your dick. Like, yeah. Prepare to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> you're like dancing next to your pants. Like, check it out. My friend uh, in the suburbs ghost rided his whip in a van and came to a roundabout, and then he turned quickly, and my friend Greg fell off of a car pretty fast, <laughs> and I am still <laughs> laughing about it. <laughs> oh, man. At least he can get hit by the car. There's got to be points for that. <laughs> yeah, I, people have to have fucked themselves up real bad trying oh, to ghost ride their cars. There are myriad wheelchair cases <laughs> who have a sad ghost riding the whip story. Yeah. And they probably hate to see it come back. It's not that sad. I mean, it's... <laughs> oh, man. You're run, being run over by your own car very slowly <laughs> while just the whip. loud hip-hop plays. <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't Mike Jones save me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's in neutral. It's breaking your legs. The last things you hear is just bawling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, bring it back. <clears throat> okay. That's um, our fashion segment. <laughs> send in send in audio for that. Yeah. Send Bring in a, a song. Mail us your female jeans. <laughs> um yeah. Uh hello. Uh thank you if you came out to the show in Philly the other night at the Good Good Comedy Theater. Show was badass. Uh it's a good omen of uh shows to come, I think. I feel really good about it. Um I'll say this. Uh it was very funny being in Philadelphia during the government shutdown because um there are all these tourists that are there on the weekend that want to see like the you know the sites and all that shit's run by that's oh, just the roof shit's run by government workers so there's just all these weird tourists that aren't allowed to see the liberty bell <laughs> 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 like have to take pictures of it from really far away behind a gate 
is because uh, of Trump, and it's probably the people that voted for him too. You know, yeah, the types of people who want to see Now they're deprived Liberty their cracked bell, <laughs> what they wanted the most. All right, let's go see the Rocky statue for the fifteenth time today. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. There, there are so many attractions in Philadelphia. I went on a school field trip when I was in seventh grade, I think. And, so Philadelphia? Uh, yeah, from Boston. For okay, like go on. Two days or something. It was a big <laughs> field trip, and my friend Greg almost fell out a window. Same guy. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Greg today, man. You're you're huge in history, but um, yeah, half the attractions there are like old cobble brick houses what kind of weirdo new england shit is that it's like a field trip to philly (laughs) (laughs) strap on your tri-corner hats kids we're putting you on a bus i guess there's historic there's nothing around minnesota so that makes more sense you're just jealous you're jealous madison but you got field trips where all the kids try to have sex with each other and the parents hit them with brooms and stuff right yeah yeah i mean everybody's got them (laughs) yeah but sometimes they happen in a colonial way Hmm. And that's what's threatened here by the government shutdown. Yeah. Wait, you didn't go to, like, Mall of America and shit? We were there, but, like, we didn't go to another <laughs> state. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to you Lake went, Erie? But Boston literally had so little you had to drive well, we, we three hours. We hit Boston spots by then. <laughs> Look, it's Catholic school. They send you ch- to church and hey, to buddy, Philadelphia the kids, to not touch the girls. The kids, your field trip is you just go to Harvard and you sit in a class at Harvard. And they're like, oh, we learned about astrophysics today. You ask people if they like apples and then if they want some of these apples and you put a number on the window. <laughs> it's just school. It's just a normal school. Did you see the Mystic River? I don't think... Is that Boston? I'm hesitant to say if that's a real river or not, because I feel like it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. But there were other rivers. We walked on many tri-corner hat-style trails. Duck tours. The point is the government shutdown is affecting real Americans. <laughs> <laughs> we're just trying to yeah, learn. Kids that are trying to finger each other. Yeah, they have to do it somewhere uninteresting now. Yeah, they're not going to get it in because of, of the President Cheeto. President also, Cheeto and no touching. Unless airport security. So people are just like, fucking good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Is that, uh, that's, there's TSA or government agents, right? Uh, Yeah, so. I think they're Russian agents. So can you just fucking jump (laughs) on a plane? Jen Kirkman was telling me they're Russian agents. (laughs) I don't think it's that loose. I'll look it up. But yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, any of us could right now uh, go smuggle our many uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards onto a plane. (sighs) Our bootleg Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Um, somebody was saying this on Twitter. Uh, the name's going to come to me in a minute, but we did get along without TSA for around 70 years before this happened. So it's also like not that big a threat. Oh yeah. I'm not that worried about it. I don't Um, like TSA. They always treat me like I'm a bandit. Yeah. They always, uh, swab my backpack. They swab it? Yeah, they have some weird thing they swab it with to check to see whether Drug it's like... Drug dust? A, I guess, or bombs or whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it's supposed to, like, if it's supposed to glow under a black light if it's, like, full of cocaine or Do something. Do you feel your beard isolates you for that kind of thing? Um, I just always look like shit and am paranoid. 
something about like their presence makes me very like um okay so a lot of comedians a lot of people like to uh, have this angle where they're like they want to take a stand against the tsa and go like it's fucking uh, fascism man get out of my bag i got bomb juice in there yeah and my head is never there when i'm flying i'm always just like i just i don't give a fuck about any of this i'll get on the plane i get why this is here because yeah. someone tried to blow up a plane a bunch sure. of times like i'm not really successfully a few times not taking off my shoes is not like an act of freedom for me there's other ways in which you well, are know, you good with your shoes i don't give a fuck whether there my are shoes innocent are americans who maybe aren't so fast at tying their shoes and it's a real threat to them to take them on and put them back on so fast fuck those people well, I'll remember you said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is my Dennis Leary rant. Fucking <laughs> just take off your shoes. <laughs> what do you, you? Everyone's safety's at threat. <laughs> We're at war. I don't know. Is that Iran weird? compromises our security. Is that weird? I feel like people like really over intellectualize the TSA and go like, you know, oh, this is like fascism or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, no, it's because of nine eleven. Like yeah. they crashed a plane. They did. They did. <laughs> Well, I, but and now, like that's the last thing you're gonna do if you're if you're a terrorist on the go. What are you doing? You're thinking trains. You're thinking automobiles. Planes right out because it's so difficult. You're at the like the terror the the training ground in Florida, learning to untie your shoes and tie them really fast. <laughs> they have a timer going. Yeah, <laughs> they have a stop clock. The guy who's like the rabbit goes through the hole and shit. <laughs> Around the hedge. Around the hedge. <laughs> okay, so th- a lot of them are still working, but they're not getting paid. So a bunch of them are like just calling and sick uh, oh that so. makes sense because my a friend of mine was in town and she flew back like uh like a few days ago t- uh to another state and was like yeah the tsa guy just like called me a bitch and just like <laughs> you know fucking like, what yeah she said all oh, this is the tsa guy that was horrible shit let me pull up this text message uh, okay on friday they missed their first paycheck since it started a lapse that caused their union leaders feared uh, would cause more of them to stop showing up for work or even quit their jobs. The agents earned about $35,000 a year. Yikes. So maybe he was getting paid and he was just still pissed Can off. Can I be the Andrews <laughs> Lee for a second here? <laughs> On average, union officials said, we have, to, we have people that work from paycheck to paycheck, and there's quite a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few grumpy grumps out there. All right, Andrews, um, hit me. Andersley here. Uh, this all dates back to the Patco strike in the 80s and Robin Reagan. Robin Reagan. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Andersley here starting again. Ronald Reagan broke a strike in the 1980s of uh, federal employees through the Flight Controllers Union, uh, refusing to pay them and firing everyone who went on strike. And it went over, out over years and it set a precedent that has never been overturned. And. Uh, has affected every strike pretty much since then, especially of government employees. And so when you see people uh, like Dave Anthony on Twitter saying you guys should just go on strike if you're not getting paid, you're getting responses like, we're afraid we'll all get fired at once. Wow. Anders Lee here. <laughs> Anders Lee out. <laughs> um, here's the text. The TSA just made me stand to the side for 20 minutes while people asked me where to check in. Take everything but my dress and tights off. Had me stand with my hands behind my back on the other side of screening. Referred to me audibly as that skis when (laughs) when IDing the bins my stuff was in. (laughs) Then uh, check this part out. 
then winked at me <laughs> and said I did a good job being compliant. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, this is the best part. The kid is wearing a name tag that said Officer Hamburger. Uh, <laughs> Protest of Wow. I've heard of form. sexism in the DSA, but the TSA? My man. Oh. I've heard of Mayor McCheese, but Officer Hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. They're very protesting to show up to work and call people a bitch. <laughs> it doesn't get you paid, but you do feel better, I this, guess. This is why we need to end the government shutdown, because they're calling in Officer Hamburger, right. the, the sexist <laughs> uh, TSA cop. The norms have collapsed. <laughs> Trump has collapsed our norms. Yeah. Um so shout uh, out to those guys, even though yeah. I probably hate you. On a person-to-person basis. Right. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, Snoop Dogg <laughs> made that weird video. He was like, yo, I'll just all you furloughed motherfuckers. <laughs> just, it's about, fuck Trump or whatever. Right. He, he's emerged from a cloud of weed smoke after endorsing Hillary Clinton in 2016 in yes. the primaries. And somehow has this, like, political thing to say about the government shutdown, of all things, is what, like, got. Does it, is he a federal employee? I guess so. <laughs> He's a uh, drug-sniffing dog He's at the, the airport. <laughs> <laughs> the president of weed. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, if you're furloughed and you're not an asshole, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Yeah. I don't I, know. That really sucks. I, I hope they don't build that wall. <laughs> it just seems stupid more than anything. Um, I also what, I watched a couple movies this weekend. I watched The Phantom Thread. Interesting. Which, um, is swirling around in my head. Like was it a, as bad as Vice? Because Vice was bad. <laughs> Just want to get that out One there. One at a time. I haven't seen Vice, man. But I, the only thing I know about Vice is that, well, a lot of my friends are very polarized on it, but also this woman at this bar last night <laughs> really drunkenly got into this thing where she was saying that Vice proves that Dick Cheney did 9-11. <laughs> Which makes that you want to see it more. so tight if they did, though. <laughs> well, I asked her, how does it prove that he did 9-11? She's like, well, I mean, there's, it shows him doing some stuff, <laughs> and then it cuts to 9-11. <laughs> that's pretty fucked up that he would do that. Dude, if that's how she uh, determines evidence, like, in her daily life... <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I can prove my husband's cheating on me. It's like, why? It's like, uh, well, he was in the kitchen, and then I saw a picture of a woman in a different kitchen, and you can only uh, arrive at one conclusion. <laughs> what I are can, they doing in that kitchen? I can prove that the government is hiding a um, uh, 1950s-era guild Loch Ness Monster fish man. And there's a <laughs> beautiful deaf waitress, waitress, uh, lab worker, janitor. And they're pleasuring him. <laughs> Yeah. Pleasuring him like a man. The movie proved it. Saying things like, he got that swimmer's body, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. Well, there's a very obvious movie. I did not eat today, and all of the words I'm looking for take around 15 full seconds kept to my head. But uh, you know that movie that convinces you that 9-11 is an inside job and the Fed is evil? And, loose uh, Change. Lo- no, not Loose Change. The other one. The long one. Uh, oh, uh, zeitgeist zeitgeist yeah you gotta show yeah. her zeitgeist because it's gonna blow her fucking mind man. she's gonna <laughs> think that's a fictional movie and vice is a documentary <laughs> vice is real. i mean look at the production quality <laughs> zeitgeist opens with around 75 seconds of war footage that really just gets you ready to 
be surprised. Zeitgeist is epic, dude. It's epic, baby. Remember when the RFID chips came? That was good. Speaking of I'm epic bacon, <laughs> the guy in the Phantom Thread orders an insane breakfast as one yes. of the opening scenes of this movie from this woman he gets into a weird, crazy a mental tryst. affair with. But I looked it up online. There's like a thing. It's like a trend where people make the breakfast from the Phantom Thread because it's Daniel Day-Lewis. And he's like, oh, God, one one stack of pancakes and jam, not raspberry, not strawberry. And he orders this long fucking thing. It's his way of like flirting with this waitress. It's really fucking weird. Do they also poison their husband? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Spoilers for the Phantom Thread. I don't understand how he's not poisoned from the breakfast he eats. He eats nothing but dairy throughout the whole movie. Hey there. Just Ooh, hot take. Diarrhea. He has an appetite for consumption. There's no, so past- you- there's no pasteurization at that point. What did right? you like about the Phantom Thread? <laughs> that it was weird? It was super weird. Um, you, you've seen all of Paul Thomas Anderson's other movies, though, right? Yeah, but like, you know, okay. So I guess the word would be Kubrickian. I would use ah Kubrickian. Yes, it was like it reminded me of like a, a slow waltz into aesthetic. Like a, a <laughs> it's true. What's Damn, his last movie, uh, Inherent Vice. There will be blood. No, no, Inherent Vice sucked. Kubrick's last movie. Um, fucking goddamn eyes wide it. shut. Eyes wide shut. Reminded me of eyes wide shut. It's real subtle. Like, the story was all, like, subtext and shit. Eyes Wide Shut had a lot of text, though, where creepy mask people have orgies, and then this yeah. movie didn't. And it killed Kubrick. And it killed him. And, and it it's proved Tom Cruise 9/11. being super weird. Eyes <laughs> <laughs> Wide Shut yeah. proved 9-11 happened. Yeah. <laughs> Do you notice there was no Eyes Wide Shut before, not after 9-11? <laughs> that didn't really work. <laughs> uh, yeah, Inherent Vice is probably his worst movie then Phantom Thread, Heart Eight. I have not seen in a long time. Uh, I, you know, what movie really grew on me. My favorite, oh, Magnolia, probably. Ooh, Boogie classy. Nights. It's like obviously Boogie yeah. Nights is his best movie, but Magnolia is my favorite. Say like Boogie Magnolia. Nights or There Will Be Blood. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of There Will Be yeah. Blood. Punch Drunk Love, also amazing. You know what movie really grew on me is The Master. I did not like it the first time, and then watched it for some reason. Three more times. That's weird. Like, this movie's amazing. Why did you keep watching it? I watched it again, it's and I was long. like, oh, "Well, I watched it again. I was like transfixed by. It. I'm like, oh, this. I love Joaquin Phoenix, and I love all this weird, uh, horny shit. And then uh, I watched it again. And I'm like, this is pretty good. And I watched it one more time. I'm like, this movie's amazing. I really did to it because I'm a drunk, and he like drinks toothpaste in that movie, and I was like, this dude can fucking party. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I had a coworker who watched The Master, and then as a very subtle bit that he didn't let anyone in on for a long time. He started dressing like Joaquin Phoenix and standing like him while he waited tables, <laughs> all weird and hunched over and shit. And then I watched it. <laughs> a subtle bit. <laughs> no one knows I'm doing a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that movie and I asked him about it and he was like, did you get that that's what I was doing for like that week or whatever? <laughs> was How like, would you get that? I don't know, because Joaquin Phoenix is kind of like weird and messed up in the head of that movie and so he like... He tucks his shirt in all weird and stuff, and he like. But how would you get your friends doing that? I don't know. This guy was out of his fucking mind. Did he have a master? Uh, well, we all worked for a guy who owned a burger restaurant, so I guess he was the master. He's the master. You're the servant. <laughs> he was Officer Burger. Leftist podcast <laughs> hierarchy. I, d- I did a I did a bit for a while in my office where I would talk like Borat. Oh, I like that. And then six months later, I said something about my wife, and then my coworker was like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm just doing the Borat thing." And they're like, "What? What?" And I'm like, 
yeah, we don't bore at. And he's like, I've never seen it. And then I was like, what? <laughs> and then, uh, and then I'm like, Jamal, can you believe Leslie's never seen Borat? And he's like, I've never seen it. And I'm like, all right, what's going on here? And I'm like, they just think you talk like that. Jim, have you seen Borat? He's like, no. I'm like, so I've been making these fucking Borat references for six months, like a psychopath. And was these? I'm coming in. I'm like, I have a chair. <laughs> he was like, Wow, Ragham's a normal guy. <laughs> you keep her vagina in a cage. All right. Well, we need those reports later. <laughs> oh man, that's You're such a wild. Good, that's such a good self-own. Yeah. That's kind of what happened to the people who were in Borat. Is they didn't know he was doing Borat, and they just had to keep going on with their lives. Well, but that's different because they uh, were monsters. Yeah, they're being challenged as the <laughs> no. zeitgeist of America. Yeah, exactly. Mm. In a way, it's really revealing. You know, the movie Borat actually proves that 9-11 <laughs> happened. <laughs> Wait, are we proving just 9-11 happened? Because it definitely happened. <laughs> it for sure happened. Or We're in New York City right now. <laughs> it proves that Borat did 9-11 or something. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I thought that the pilot was a my wife. <laughs> uh, greatest movie of all time. My 72 wives. Yeah, That's big shout out to Borat. Greatest movie, uh, Borat, Magnolia, <laughs> and the Kurt Russell Santa movie. Oh, big <laughs> <fan>. Holy Trinity. <laughs> um. All right, so I guess we've established one thing thus far in the podcast. That's <laughs> that comedians are idiots. I thought uh, it was that we're men of culture. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Stop. not what we were establishing? <laughs> Stop putting us on TV and asking us to say stuff. It will be just like this, but with the picture. Yeah. Like, yes, we are compelling, and I think we know what we're talking about, but we get it from people who are much smarter than us. <laughs> yeah. And, like, parallel thought. <laughs> I think as a comic, your perspective on any any take you have should be that, like, you're skeptical of yourself. Like, you're kind of, uh, you know you're an idiot, right? Because there's this weird thing. This is going to be a non-story by the end of the week or whatever. It's already kind of is, but there's, like, a comic who kind of uh, went on, like, MSNBC yesterday and then, like, you know, kind of did a, uh, uh, in my opinion, kind of hacky like 2016 ish take about how like Bernie's time is over and you know it's time for women of color and all this stuff and um you know his Did time she call him a Jew face funny <laughs> good comic by the way right but yeah. yes great uh, comic. Did not agree with the take it's a pretty bad take um and she probably would have called him a Jew face in like because she's funny like right. as in a comedic <laughs> it's a good punchline <laughs> yeah, I'd said it all these I've said that <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good interesting point because okay so she is a good comic and um yeah, like Okay, obviously, like, she got a bunch of... Uh, she sells shirts that say Jewface on them. She, <laughs> she, she got a bunch of sh uh, support from shitty resistance people who were like, yes, you know, this finally, this is uh, validation after three years that we've all wanted to hear someone go on TV and say, what do you mean? I People's wonder what happened no one three had said years that. ago. Because <laughs> no one had said that before <laughs> that. <laughs> But then, what could have happened where everyone would stop saying that at once? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, everyone's been saying this shit. It's like not. Um, but, you know, so then left Twitter got kind of mad at her and people started kind of owning her or whatever. And then, like, left non-comedy Twitter started looking up her old tweets and pointing out, oh, she has all these racist jokes. It's like, yeah, because she's a comedian yeah. who does racy, edgy shit. 
She should have just gone in there and called him a Jew face. Yeah. That's your job as a comedian, right? That's how you sell the shirt. Yeah, that would have been fucking tight. But Otherwise, you just got this shirt that says Jew face on it. The problem with this, the weird Gordian knot of it, is that the thing you need to understand about comedians is that they'll take any gig and anything for exposure, right? And we're spending all of our time saying the same jokes over and over again thinking about comedy like we're not fucking political scientists this show is like we're trying to learn shit you know yeah but we're not like talking down to people about you know fucking uh i don't i mean maybe maybe i do sometimes hey you know well you know what i think of sometimes is there's no money in political science or comedy so you gotta pick your poison you can't do both if we yeah. if <laughs> we weren't being funny on the show i would be very upset yeah, <laughs> well the show would suck ass because yeah, exactly. it would just be very uninformed yeah, people just like uh well, let me look this up in a minute <laughs> did you talk about your mom for a few seconds <laughs> yeah and it's like you know if you so what, i guess what i would call what she was doing like pandering like you know that if you go on there and you make this fucking take that is very much like focus grouped from the audience and you know that like people are going to clap at or whatever that's not based on years of political research or any sort of insight it's it's it's, it's just like vague superficial shit that you know that gets people to clap and stuff if you want to go down that road just go be a republican because they'll pay you so much money mm-hmm. to it's just way go, more it's lucrative you know everyone's better looking well, a lot of people eventually do it dennis miller did it louis ck might do it yeah oh do you guys think louis ck is gonna be like the republican pundit guy now no he's a strong pundit No, but he will be like the anti youth vote. (laughs) Sharia law is jacking off on my daughters. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's kind of ending up in like never Trumpy sort of territory where he's like, because like a lot of comedians, more than I think we would like to admit, like, you know, go down that road of like, uh, you know, everyone's triggered and like, uh, oh, you kids, you know, you're a bunch of campus culture fucking losers or whatever. Yeah, right. I mean, there's all there's the obvious Which ones. Which hurts my feelings when they say that. Like the Joe Rogans and shit, but like a lot of like the ones that aren't really outstanding, like outspokenly um, right wing or whatever, like reactionary like that are still like. I don't know, just like the whole like seller kind of scene and like the O and A type of scene. A lot of those people have that opinion, and they have like a lot of the opinions that I think Louis probably is, if I had to guess, comforting himself with right now about like uh, how what's happening to him is just like mob culture. Yes, yeah. campus culture and, got him. And, yeah. and I don't agree with the For people doing nothing wrong. I don't agree with the people who are saying, "Oh, the bits you're doing is what he's been doing the whole time," because that's stupid. Like, yes, he did transgressive quote-unquote subversive comedy but he was never making fun of like school shooting victims it's not about that it's about fucking his daughters yeah exactly (laughs) it's about his daughter's asshole but um but there were there are instances in the like he sent out this newsletter like after trump got or before trump got elected it's like yeah you should vote hillary but uh you know i kind of think the next president should be a conservative because we had a liberal for eight years and uh you know a balance is good and this is a very informed point so many people think that yeah it's like and (laughs) i remember that came out i'm like what the fuck and i'm like this is a newsletter that goes out to thousands of people and then um and then then he goes on stage he's like i don't know what i'm talking about you can't do that you can't they're comedians are so greedy yeah greedy yeah they want to have it both ways they want to be the smartest person in the room and also be like a socratic person at the same time and get like you have the ejector seat of going but i don't know what i'm talking about i'm a comedian or whatever snl does it all the time they'll be like uh muller good and then like it's like you know 
don't fight the Nazis. Eat cake. And then, like, we're just doing jokes. Like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. There's another, there's some other comics that are very, like, pro Hillary that can't really explain why. I do this all the time where they go on, like, they go on to political shows to talk about this stuff. And then when someone asks them a question, like, to, you know, to back up or cite or whatever what they're talking about, they go, I'm a fucking comedian. I'm, I'm not a politician. I can't do that. It's like, well, then why are you on MSNBC right now? You know? <laughs> You're literally on the news right now. Yeah. Um, Which goes back to what we were saying before. Get him off the news. Just don't fucking, yeah, don't. Let put them start their uh, badly informed podcast <laughs> <laughs> where they can just scream at fringe people. For real, but, like, don't put me on the news to talk about, like, some fucking really, really, you know, uh like high level shit that I, you know what's like I've been a panelist one time. Was talk about it was to talk about Antifa, and it was only because we thoroughly illustrated post Charlottesville that no one in the media knows anything about that. Was and this while you were the news? Huh? Was this while after your apartment got raided? Oh, uh, I think this was after that because that's like an exception. That's like a, <laughs> you, you know, you're a news figure by that point. But yeah, I think it was after that. I think you had a yeah, yeah. It was so right you haven't position. done Red Eye or anything. No, and I probably wouldn't. I bet people don't know what Red Eye is. It's and over. It's an interesting concept. Red Eye's canceled. I I never watched it, but the fact that so many people we know went on Fox News's late night <laughs> television program <laughs> to just be like, "What about pussy or whatever?" and got paid for it is nuts. Yeah, but it's also weird because it's like a lot of people we know went on to Fox News and in some way gave content to Fox News and they did it because the com you don't understand from the comedian's point of view they're like it's a credit and it's <laughs> this has nothing to do with advancing any political narrative like these people that are like super pro Hillary or whatever they don't actually give a shit about policy 90% of them have never read a book they don't care about Hillary really they just care about like the superficial idea of it and it being sort of part of their brand it's this thing that gets collapsed it's like all poison and toxic you know if you if you took another person with like the policy of that candidate and you put them in that same position they wouldn't be like you know joe biden or whatever or well maybe now they will be <laughs> joe biden <laughs> i think there's an important distinction between people who are actually well read and people who just read the news like liberals seem to think like the uh, problem solver for everything is just like being the best at reading the news being the best student yeah yeah exactly like yeah doing your homework the most it's yeah. like yeah learning a bunch of random facts about the estate tax you know sure that's helpful but like if you don't contextualize these things and you know Oh, you think you perspective, know? Uh, you're not helping anybody. Oh, you think you know current events? Have you had any two-dimensional milky figures cram anxiety into your brain for 18 hours a day? <laughs> I don't think you're really paying attention to what's going on. There's so many people who live their entire lives like with CNN on in the background all day. Oh, yeah. And, like, NPR, I feel like, is another one. NPR, at least, is, like, closer to actual information <laughs> than what goes on at 24-hour news networks, yeah. which is just based on keeping you kind of afraid so you watch the truck commercial in between. Yeah. So the way they space out programming is... It's very unhealthy for a human brain. It like programs you to just kind of be jittery all the time. Yeah, they also only the talk about, like, three stories at a time. It's right. really strange. Like, um, not that we would, I mean, uh, go down this because I feel like it's been covered by now, but the Rashida Tlaib thing where she uh, called Trump a motherfucker at a bar. So boring. Got, like, what, uh, 
10 times the press coverage of Steve Scalise coming out as a white nationalist? Stephen King. Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. Stephen King. King. Steve King. <laughs> Steve King. Oh. Author and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and novelist Stephen King. <laughs> he came out it's, in a Ku Klux Klan. Steve Co- Scalise probably also a white nationalist, but yeah, it's, sure. I get them confused because they're all named Stephen, and they're all kind of the same guy. And they all deserve to be shot. Yes. They're all famous horror <laughs> novelists, and I've read a lot of their work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be cool if Stephen King came out and was just like. A white nationalist because the Ku Klux Klan uniform is kind of like a ghost. <laughs> is that like a leap for him? Like maybe when he's getting older. Yeah, <laughs> and the clown Pennywise is um, it's uh, I don't know how to what make this racist. The clown <laughs> <Pennywise>? <laughs> he's uh, Dominicans. Don't look into it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's Irish or something. Right. There's a weird form of like. Uh, you know, clowns have like the big red nose and the baggy clothes and shit. Apparently, hey, what? We, we know what clowns are. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, <laughs> <in> a, <laughs> <there was> a <laughs> that era of clowns where they look like uh, they look like hobos. Apparently, yeah. is they were doing like Irish blackface right. for a while because it's like oh, they're these fucking weird train hobo Which is the people. Most racist Potato thing face. Yeah. <laughs> the big red nose is supposed to mean they're drunk. It's the one line you can't cross. It's <laughs> <laughs> <This> Irish <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, like, it's weird. It's weird that this keeps happening, and you know, I, I find it weird as a comedian because I talk to people about this sometimes. And I try to tell them like, don't listen to comedians. There's so many reasons that these people are not politically educated. And then people will argue with me, and I'm a comedian. And they'll say, like, no, what you're doing is important. And, you know, look at history oh, back in the, the, you know, the Roman jester. days. Oh, my yeah. God. The jester is the He's the, the worst. only one who keeps the crooked emperor in, in place in his court. <laughs> Remember how George Carlin stopped Iran-Contra? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he stopped all those other wars, too. And he John stopped so many wars. John Stewart stopped the Iraq War. <laughs> he did such a good job stopping the Iraq War, not inviting anybody who kind of ran the whole thing onto his show and giving them a platform yeah, the whole yeah. time and then way after kind of like nothing happened uh, and millions of people died you know i want to give donald rumsfeld a platform on this show that we can push him off of hey, yeah hey Whoa. now we're rock of meta the jester of comedy everyone <laughs> the dark jest yeah. i'm just saying i've never seen henry kissinger on the colbert rapport and uh, i think uh, we stopped fascism yeah that jester thing is the worst i don't know what fucking earworm gets into people because like it's like it's a certain type of dorky intellectual or pseudo intellectual guy will sort of explain to you like as if you've never heard this weird fucking point like the jester is the <laughs> only one that can truly hold the mirror up to the king that a comedian would not have heard this idea <laughs> is very funny yeah. <laughs> wait <a> what <laughs> james inman fucking threw that at me when we were when he was having a meltdown on my facebook page james inman is the guy from the unbookables doug yeah. stanhope's weirdo uh, van tour of you know, unbookable comedians or whatever. <laughs> he had this crazy meltdown on me over Roseanne Barr. Right. And, um, you know, I just made fun of him the whole time. And then he went on Stanhope's podcast. She's the only one keeping Hitler in check. <laughs> <laughs> I went on Stanhope's podcast, or he went on Stanhope's podcast, and he was like, this Flores guy, you know, I tried to have a, a healthy debate with him, and him and his friends just made jokes the whole time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm c- we're comedians, you yeah. idiot. 
That's what you are, <laughs> Stop too. joking around. <laughs> I have a real uh, bullshit academic theory to propose on why people want to defend comedians so much, which why? I think I will do as uh, we are on our podcast right now. Do it. Uh, I think it stems from the same uh, pattern you see from people wanting to commodify culture to to make make it so the things you consume actually do have some kind of politics to them or give your life meaning and choice and so when you find people who are entertainers by living like john stewart like a jacob flores uh and you say that i love i love that you make me laugh and you say things that i agree with you must be important because i've chosen to watch you and so it's not just that you're actually um a great philosopher of the times and actually are important, but it's saying that if you're not important, I've been wasting my life. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's like a, well, I think it's part of like standing culture. It's like, um, Eminem standing. M&M standing. Culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where that term comes from, right? Standing room yeah. only, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to stand someone like to be a, a, yeah. a fan, your girlfriend's a in the stalker trunk. and a fan. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard this term before the kids use it on the internet. Yeah, yes. Yeah. No, it's real. <laughs> you know about Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> we promised we wouldn't gaslight Jake in 2019. We promised. <laughs> I uh, heard of standing. <laughs> I didn't make it up. <laughs> I'm just dr- <laughs> drinking milk. <laughs> uh, no, you're right though, because the 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 fucking realization that I've wasted my entire life listening to one podcast or something, or following an individual that I think of as an intellectual because they can do this particular intellectual trick, which is write a joke. Right. Then, uh, yeah, it's like too much for your brain to handle. So that's why you kind of like worship like these weird ass comedians. It doesn't mean that you don't have value for making jokes or for being an entertainer, but your value is not. What they're saying it is, which is that you're uh, Rorschach. Also, or <laughs> wasn't the court jester generally obsequious to the king? Like he, he generally just got like thrown eggs at. He wasn't shit. like like criticizing a- the king. Like he would have gotten fucking killed. No, like, but often he was the only one who could. <laughs> and that's that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> fucking hate you so much. That's correct though. The court jester wasn't like a challenger, right? No, the he king could. would make them. I don't even. You yeah. know what? I don't even know where I'm getting this. They often I'm, chose not to because they I'm, were covered in eggs. But that's the thing. That's what we're coming. We will, that will come back too. Like I mean, you did have Dennis Miller doing like the CPAC conventions um, right. at the height of the Iraq War, and like um, probably you know did some private. Uh, uh, improv troupe performance for the Bush family at some point or something, <laughs> and, and you'll have that again. I don't know who who will he be. Taught Bush Steven, the where's the WMDs routine? <laughs> yeah, Stephen Crowder and like Owen Benjamin and uh, fucking Tim Allen will do a, a Axis of Evil tour. They'll do an <laughs> APAC uh, sketch show. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I think Palestinians usually sound like? I think the, the, pack. the jester was like a the mentally ill person. They would just put a weird hat on and shit. And like yeah, I think usually. I think it's actually like a lot sadder than history is willing to portray it as. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's usually just like deformed or mistreated people just thrown it's like you're food at all Torturing day. someone. <laughs> And then some guy in the audience is like, "Ah, oh, yes, the wisest of us all is the fool." <laughs> <laughs> now, occasionally, they can call the king mayo ass because they have astigmatism. <laughs> <laughs>
I worked at a restaurant one time and I was a dishwasher. It was like a really fucking crazy intensive dishwash job. And uh, <laughs> I uh, fuck got paid like shit. And uh, sorry, airstrikes. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor McCheese would come in and he'd spit Officer on the Cheeseburger would come and beat the shit out of me after every shift. <laughs> But I realized it was a cocktail bar and like this and like th- this is like the the uh, sometimes I think about early like and like where did I start to even understand class difference shit or whatever and it's like even within this restaurant there was like working in the kitchen and then there was like it's a hipster fucking restaurant so kind of like bougie like uh cool tattooed like people that were making just 10 times as much money as, as us like waiting tables and fucking tending a bar and stuff like that and you start to ask questions you go okay well then why are, why do these people have these jobs and why am i not allowed to you know fucking wait tables or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. interesting stuff but there was this, i just remember this one time like uh me and my buddy chris cubis were both working there and we were covered in dishwater and we sat at the bar and this cocktail waitress was like um you know, I was like, man, fucking goddamn! It's like this, this is such a hard dishwashing job. It's like so intense. And then she's like, yeah, but what we do up here is called intellectual labor. <laughs> it's intellectual labor. It's the same thing. And then we got into this dumb conversation because we immediately started making fun of her. And I, somebody mentioned that I did comedy, and she just went, the fool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you have to be this type of coddled asshole to have those types of thoughts. To I know you from my tomes. The fool. <laughs> as soon as she said the fool, we started laughing at her so hard. Did she respect you more after that? She did after we made fun of her really hard right. for that. Uh, they really are fools. Yeah. They're not just stunting. Oh, shit, maybe we proved it right. I don't know. The they were fool. not merely pr- making a performance. Um, <laughs> other <laughs> thing that happened in comedy drama this week is that I got into it with the the nicest guys in comedy on Twitter. Funches and oats. Yeah, funches. Funch- <laughs> <laughs> Funny funches of oats. Um, uh, hashtag giggle fit, motherfucker. So, <laughs> because I am a, a reckless person on the internet, and I, I um I don't want to get any of my friends in any trouble because they're nice people and they're not insane like me. Uh, the, the views of ex- uh, Jake are expressed only by Jake. Yeah, 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 don't uh, throw any of my friends under the bus. You get like a. I feel fine. That. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, please hire me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so unemployable. <laughs> I mean, that still is true though, and I still want that to be kind of a thing because like if you look at like come town like th- sometimes the other two guys are like hey we have to work and nick's like insane you know yeah. like, <laughs> there should be like a line there you should because after that podcast is over what the fuck is adam friedland gonna do you know he's gonna take pictures of himself you should be able to get <laughs> work and shit but um so what if we c- cut jb kilstein's head off to, yeah let's back play red dead now <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have audio of you saying we have to drown all puerto ricans <laughs> i don't think you can work here <laughs> yeah you have to kind of make it apparent that it was you know the narrative is nick's thing and whatever so but, but anyway what i'm getting at is i i got into this thing with ron funches a long time ago because um uh he loves Roseanne and he tweeted this thing that was like what y'all can't handle Roseanne and I kind of went oh well she's like openly racist right now was he like having sex with Roseanne or something he just loves well he loves the show Roseanne right (laughs) (laughs) it's like can't handle all this Roseanne (laughs) maybe there is more going on here (laughs) um but he he loves that show, but also he's like he has famous friends and he has friends that write on the show. And so he, I to me, in my opinion, he seems a little like I call bullshit on his shit. Like um, he tweeted a while back, like 
somebody asked him, hey, do you still defend Chris Hardwick? And he goes, yeah, I defend men that were falsely accused and proven innocent and have always been nice to me and my friends, just the same as I defend sexual assault victims. Believe, okay. clap. What? People what a clap, weird wish, response. Clap. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you're kind of making up this uh, excuse to, no, you, you, it's power. You get power from being around he Chris Hardwick. He has money Hardwick. poisoning. Yeah. And I've talked to a lot of people about it, and they said, that, yeah, he used to be fucking real cool, and then as soon as he got success, it's like, you know, he starts to change all his opinions about stuff. So he got the reason I'm being such a dick to him is because he got one bad review of his new uh, his new special, which wasn't even a bad review, but it was by my buddy Yusef Roach. And he Yusef, what up? He openly just came out and started like sort of attacking this reviewer over it. Who you know, Yusuf's like kind of a fucking brutal writer or whatever. But really, if you read his review, it was like, yeah, I liked parts of it and I didn't like other ones. In a way, the reviewer is the fool, of <laughs> the <laughs> kingdom <laughs> of media. Except that he's not, because the king got really mad at him and tried to fucking kill him. Um, <laughs> Get off of him! <laughs> yeah, uh, he's I, writing for paste. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean. He's blocked me since then or whatever, but I kind of call bullshit. I think that it's really weird that this guy's like, you know, I'm the, his whole brand is like the nice guy in comedy or whatever. And he's, he's like, got a funny voice yelling at people that gave him a less than stellar review of his album and stuff. I can see where you would get a bad review and be mad about it. Yeah, I've, if I, I've gotten bad reviews before. You know what it made me feel? sad like i didn't get like i didn't find the person oh, who yeah. wrote it and fucking tweet at them and get mad at them i was like maybe i didn't do a good job mark maron yelled at me for writing a positive review one time a positive review. yeah okay. i wrote i yeah in like 2012 this is probably like six months before i started comedy he had done acme and he had like returned to acme after like 12 years because he got kicked out for being a dick and um or kicked off their roster, and uh, so then I wrote a review, and I was, it was pretty glowing, and I said all the things he says about himself, where he's like a narcissist, he's uh, offensive, blah, blah, blah. I said all those things, and then at the end, I'm like, yeah, he's really funny, good set, blah, blah, blah. It was a little overwrought review, and, um, and then he just like tweeted at me, and he's like, what the fuck is this? Ridiculous. All this just to say I was funny? And I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> You're pretty much taking uh, copy from his podcast. At exactly. Point, right? <laughs> I'm like, I said everything you say about yourself. <laughs> and then um, then he deleted it and he apologized. And he was like, uh, sorry, I overreacted. And then um, and then I emailed him. And I'm like, yeah, what's your problem? And he's like, oh, I just get kind of dicky sometimes. And then I went to the show with... Uh, I was 22 at the time, and I was with my 19-year-old friend, and he hit on my 19-year-old friend really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and then he didn't realize we were, like, hanging out together, yeah. and I came up to him like, oh, yeah, hey, man, I'm the dude who wrote the thing. I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm here with uh, my friend. And he's like, oh, oh, that's your friend? Uh, <laughs> bye. <laughs> he said things like homina, 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 and his eyes came out and car horns played. Yeah, and then the next day on WTF, he's like, this fucking Raghav guy. He's a good guy. She's but, 19 oh. years old, so that makes him like the Drake of comedy. <laughs> he's just scouting new talent, but for comedy. Yeah. <laughs> That goes back to another point I wanted to make. Drake is an innocent man, and he uh, is allowed to be horny, and his songs are about being horny, and uh, he'll never lose his spot in the limelight. 
Is he an innocent man? I don't. I don't care about Drake, uh, so I can't. He's a. He's a fucking. He's not like a. I don't think he's like a predator, but he's definitely like a creep weirdo. You know, he's he's not even really in a wheelchair. (laughs) (laughs) He was on all that TV in a wheelchair. That was just like for jokes or something. Drake's just such a dork. He's too much of a dork to be a full-on predator. Yeah, but he definitely probably is like. I don't know. Though some of these guys are dorks and like Hardwick was Aziz Ansari is the penultimate, the ultimate expression of being a dork (laughs) predator. The penultimate dork. He's the second, the last dork. (laughs) (laughs) Please go online and finish my list that I made of dork predators. A lot, a lot of these guys are dorks in the in that they feel like slighted. You know, like they feel like a fucking entitled, like that incel thing where you feel entitled to like women and stuff and. You're right, especially once you get power, you know, and then yeah, you make noises and you say I'm Randy, and then they don't have <laughs> sex with you. And you I'm just random. <laughs> you you become a demon from hell, and then you expect <laughs> sex. Yeah. Please don't look up random anymore. <laughs> we we made a mistake talking about random. <laughs> uh, my favorite kind of humor is random humor. <laughs> um. I don't know. Yeah, so there's like I don't know. There's this weird thing going on between me and like him, and then Ian Carmel, who's got mad at me because I talked about Nanette. And in the same vein, this is I'm gonna make a comparison here to what Yusuf did. I don't hate Hannah Gatsby. I just talked about something in any way other than complete glowing, you know, blowing hot air up at it, which is that because to me, Nanette is an abstract thing that I watched. So I watched it like you watch a movie and then you talk about it or whatever. And I think that these guys who are like social climbers who are like, you know, they got there because they're really good at thinking of comedy as like, you know, this thing where you can't criticize other comedians. We're all on the same team or whatever. You have to really blow your friends when they get stuff and, you know, when their special comes out or whatever. Like that's kind of the same thing that's going on here. But it doesn't apply to me if I fucking work at the service industry and and make money doing this show and stuff. Like I don't fucking care. You just have to not offend uh, cops. Cup, cups? cups at large can't it, be mad oh, at yeah, you. Oh yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> they're my boss. I can't them. offend Officer Hamburger. See, I like to think the cups are my boss. I actually agree with that ideology in other areas of like creative fields. Because okay, I was reading this interview for some reason it was with John Krasinski, and Weird. he's having a birthday party, and Paul Thomas Anderson of all people, I read this article. Yeah, was at his house, and he mentioned some fucking movie, and he's like, "I hated that movie. It sucked." And Paul Thomas Anderson was like, "You know, I learned not to say that." Because that person took a lot of chances, right. and if we openly talk about that movie being bad, studios won't let us take chances anymore. This is and when he was making the Phantom Thread. He said that like I want to make a weird movie, yeah. and if if uh, yeah, if we don't if we criticize people who make other weird movies, then we might I not be able yeah. to make mine. And the thing that comedians don't realize is you can just make shit now. It's not that hard. Right. There's no rule. We're like, not we run making a podcast. high budget fucking films. Yeah. We're, it's, we're DIY. We talk. You do not need Comedy Central. And part of what we do is, like, have opinions, honestly. Yeah. It's part of what we're, you know, selling or whatever. So, like, really, there's a, a, a point of diminishing returns, I think, when you get to a point where you start, when you, when you feel like you can't really have your own opinion, and that's when it's like, your arc as a comic is kind of over for a lot of people once you get famous, I think, because then you're just... Because you have to agree to keep getting work. Yeah. There's ideological conditioning. Yeah. And that's why you get... 
every single late night host on TV with the same name and look and appearance and political beliefs is yeah. because they have to do that to work and you do it for 20 years and forget what your name was before. Three of them are literally named James. <laughs> so that's <laughs> As far as you know, I have a theory where they all had different names and changed them to James so they get hired by libs. <laughs> <laughs> so they're Republicans, but yeah. Republicans. <laughs> this weird um, com- like comedian audience uh, uh, relationship thing that we're talking about kind of brings me into the last thing I want to talk about, which is something kind of wacko that I found this week that maybe got swept under the rug because all this other crazy stuff was happening. But in regards to comedy, um, the New York Times ran a piece, uh, an interview with Hannah Gadsby, and it's titled The Comedy Destroying Soul Affirming Art of Hannah Gadsby. Damn. <laughs> and um, it's like, really? This is why I was making fun of the special to begin with, because it's it just so it's taking itself so seriously, which is a funny thing to do in terms of comedy. And, you know, whatever, we've talked about her a whole bunch or whatever. But you got to read this piece because it's long and it essentially the thing that I'm trying to get across here is that she talks like Batman in this interview. <laughs> 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 they talk about Louis C.K. at some point uh, at the very end, and uh, here's what here's the end of the article. She mentioned Louis C.K. again and the possibility that he might mount a comeback. I don't want to stop him, she said. It's worth just uh, it's worth just to see if he does have an audience. There were 18 seconds left in my interview tape. I didn't expect it to take a turn. Miss Gadsby, of course, had other ideas. Oh, Hannah! Quote, if he does have an audience, then I won't be quitting stand-up, Miss Gadsby said and laughed. Quote me on that. If Louis C.K. finds his audience, I will definitely not quit stand-up because my work here is not done. (laughs) (laughs) Epic. She's not the guardian or so she deserves. Whoa. (laughs) And she said, say that I said it with a cheeky smile, she added, and left the table. So she said all this and then say, say I said it with a cheeky smile and then just left. Like, didn't even say goodbye. Like Batman. Like, when you look up and he's gone. He's gone because you <laughs> turned around. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. You just told him some vague information relating to the crime, and he just disappears. <laughs> I uh, I have no hard opinions on Hannah Gatsby. That's hilarious. Uh, Nanette was whatever. Fine. Not for me. But uh, I think she's a I, crook. I guess uh, <laughs> she's got to be hunted down. A comedian, we, a comedian we know was on a podcast with her. I I will not name them. And Hannah Gatsby was on, and he, this was probably four months before Nanette blew up. And he was just, they were just sitting there, and Hannah Gatsby was just like, ranting about American comedians and about how they were show-offs and stuff. Yeah, because she's also and, an asshole who talks shit about other comics yeah, like and us. Then, um, and then this guy, this comedian's like, yeah, she said all that, and then I went home, and I didn't realize she said all that because of her accent. I didn't realize it at the time. <laughs> he was just so like, he was just so taken by the accent that he didn't realize that she was just uh, making fun of them She's the whole time. She's ranting about him, <laughs> yeah. and he's just thinking about how charming it is down under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's thinking about kangaroos. The spiders there are so big. You can really be an asshole if you have a charming accent, I think. It's true. It's a good superpower. I'm developing one now. Another, um, is this the cat? Okay. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I thought you were like, 
poking me under the table. We're almost no, done, the cat. cat came to say hello. <laughs> um, another thing in this article that's really funny is that there's a correction at the end of it that says, um, an earlier version of this article misstated whom Hannah Gatsby's show Nanette is named after. The title refers to a barista the comedian had been observing. <laughs> colon, it is not, or semicolon, it is not a reference to an ex-girlfriend. So it's not someone she had been dating. It's someone that she corrected her and said, I, this is someone I have been observing. Like tank. Batman! <laughs> <laughs> she has that system where she sees through walls and puts you in her comedy special. <laughs> and then throws you in her observational tank. <laughs> yeah. And then she like becomes you, you know, <laughs> like Batman. Oh my God. <laughs> Tasmania is one of the only places you can be a comic with a cave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think I could go off on this because I think it's insane that, of course, she wasn't going to quit comedy because now she's her work famous. is not done. But to say <laughs> her that work isn't done to, to be a comedian and to use the phrase "my work <laughs> is not done" until like I'm the person who defeats comedy's <laughs> villain Louis C.K. Like that's fucking insane, and I could go off on it. But more important here is the Batman thing. Like it's just way funnier. Louis C.K. is the boss. In the new Metal Gear. <laughs> <laughs> it's that part of the special where she talks about uh, Picasso fucking that 15 year old, but she's like, he wants to fuck his own daughters! <laughs> yeah. Just a girl! <laughs> <laughs> Vincent van Gogh. <laughs> no daughter is ever at their prime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, so I, am, I am vengeance. I am the knight. Um, all right, ghouls and gals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's weird being the goth podcast away from Halloween when it's other holidays. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be goth for the podcast. No, yeah. I'm going we're, to be goth. We're a show about nothing. <laughs> it's, it's just a running joke. We're just comedians in cars. I'm the only person coffee. that it applies to in the slightest, and even then it's kind of you know a joke. Um, but if you want to come in wearing a cape and shit, that's great. <laughs> I do own a cape. <laughs> of course you do. You're uh, a ridiculous It's a military human. cape. I got it from a dead uncle. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a pretty good. <laughs> that was a pretty good uh, app about comedy and b- bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back with some harder stuff soon. Um, yeah. Hey. Uh, thank you, the damned, for coming out to shows. Uh, thank you, those guys that came out to. Philly, good, good comedy theater. Um, and check me out on tour. I'm leaving next week. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's uh, all I have to plug. Bonus episodes at the Patreon, everything. You guys got anything? Every Sunday at the Cherry Tree Bar in Brooklyn, you can come and see my stand up show. And Thursday, you can come and see Rock of Stand Up Show because we're at the same bar now. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Sorry. One more thing as long as we're talking about stand up shows. Thank you for coming to Yoko the other night. It was really good. And for anyone that uh, didn't make it, the secret guest was Todd Barry. We just couldn't advertise because he has to make money off his shit. Fucking love Todd Barry. Uh, but it was badass. So thanks, Todd, for doing the show. Yeah. Uh, Cherry Tree Bar every Thursday. Also, I will be at the Creek in the Cave at Creek Bros on Saturday. And then we, Alex and uh, me, Alex Anders, and Kath Barbadoro have our monthly DSA fundraiser on January 25th. 25th. It'll be very good. At May Day. Turn up. Yeah. Follow me, ACLU official. I also, I think I'm coming to the Boston soon. I'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. La-dee-da. All right. Uh, uh, I'm just trying to remember Nanette's catchphrase. She doesn't have one. All right. Bye. Keep it crispy. <laughs> Stay crunchy, dude.